This is a Sport Australia podcast production. Hello and welcome to our coaching and officiating podcast series. My name is Cam Trudell and I'm the project lead for coaching and officiating at Sport Australia. Over this series, we will look at what it takes to modernise Australia's coaching and officiating system. Each podcast, we will be joined by a special guest who will share experiences and practical tips on their topics. We are fortunate to be joined by Claire Ferguson today. Claire has a real passion for sport and the positive impact it can make on people's lives. Claire's own playing journey was extensive, having played for the Queensland Firebirds for eight years and ultimately several campaigns for Australia, where she had a fairy tale ending to her playing career when she captained Australia to the win in the 2016 Constellation Cup. Since retiring from the game in late 2016, Claire is currently coaching with the Queensland Firebirds, but has a real drive to make a difference on the entry-level requirements of participants, not just in netball, but all sports and young people's relationship to sport and activity. With the support of Suncorp, Claire has developed resources to support parents to recognise the activity requirements of children based on the Sport Australia Physical Literacy Framework, and that is what we would like to explore further today. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. Claire, how are you? I'm fabulous. Thank you so much for having me, Cam. Pleasure. Absolute pleasure. Claire, I'm really interested in how this all started for you. So you, you finished your playing career, had a, had a great playing career, and as we say, a fairy tale ending. And then you sort of moved into your own coaching journey, but you've then seemed to pivot away to this area where you were interested in how we develop people from the early ages. What was your motivation to be involved in that early development of participants? I think for me, it was the influence that my early coaches had on my career. And I think that's something that um, lots of people talk about with elite and high professional, high performance professional athletes is, you know, the coaches that have a really big impact on your career. And a lot of people expect the responses to be the the high performance coaches that you did have. And a lot of those people that I had, I had a lot of the greats of netball involved in my journey. They were incredibly influential. But for me, the person that had the most impact on my sporting career and my life generally was my high school netball coach. And she was the one that actually got me engaged in coaching when I had just finished high school. I went back and coached grade eight. So that's where my coaching journey actually began. And I think that what I really um, valued in her and what um, I saw as the biggest influence that she had over me was the holistic approach, I suppose, that she had to my whole self and the development of my teammates' whole selves in our progression through adolescence and how she sort of set us up and equipped us for life just generally beyond the netball court and the value that netball and being involved and engaged in team sport had in the greater sort of spans of our life once we left high school. And so now that I've finished my playing career and I'm transitioning on to that coaching of, you know, I'm fortunate I'm engaged with elite and high performance athletes now, but they started on grassroots courts and I still am really invested in this development of the next generation of players, be it in netball or or any other code um, or athletes just generally, because I saw what having great coaches did to my life. And I know that we still have such high dropout rates of young kids in sport these days. And, and, And within Australia, we should be the healthiest, fittest community out there based on, you know, um, our lifestyle and our weather and all those fabulous things that we have at our um, disposal and fingertips. And so just want to ensure that our grassroots coaches are being equipped with what they need 
to to be able to transition and help those athletes stay involved in the game and also just because it gives you so much more satisfaction of a coach when you have some confidence and some direction knowledge around what you're doing because it really is the most satisfying job I think to have whether it's voluntary or not just to be able to influence and impart knowledge and shape you know these kids and and what they're doing it's just a really um a really fortunate kind of position to be in in life. And so I think I want to be able to help people understand that and to know it a bit better. Funnily enough, when you started to tell that story, I thought immediately about people who impacted me. And I've thought about two that I wish they coached me for the rest of my life because I, I had those attachments. I really like the, uh, the sound of that teacher and the way that they're able to get your attention and intrinsically motivate you to play. What do you think those components look like? What was it that was so good about that teacher that engaged you in sport or could it have been any sport or was it just netball? Yeah, well, I was extremely tall from a young age. So netball was sort of a default just as a result of my height, but I was, I also really enjoyed athletics. And I, the reason I chose netball was because of the environment. I think that was created by, by Gila, that teacher. And I think what she did for me as a teenager and, and for the other girls that I played with as well was she, she created a space for us to feel like ourselves. So um, it was a, an area that we were accepted and we were accepted for who we were and we were able to recognise and acknowledge our strengths. And coming to netball on a Tuesday and then playing on the weekends was more than just about skills and drills. Um, and what she did was really focus on developing who we were. So all of those things like the ability to self-reflect, the ability to set goals, the communication that we had, we formed these really amazing social connections as a team. It was the first environment that I learned about what what culture is and what it means to really commit to something and um, be persistent and passionate and dedicated, that formation and establishment of resilience. And so all of these greater, big, broader concepts beyond just passing and catching. And don't get me wrong, she was also phenomenal in terms of what she exposed us to from a foundation skill level and tactically. And she, you know, set me up in terms of my the start of my elite netball journey with that, that framework. But it was more about the, yeah, the holistic and approach she had to developing us as people. And I think she viewed it as a bigger picture thing than just us being high school netballers and so for the girls that played in that team I mean I'm still very very you know my best friends are three of the other girls that I played with they were bridesmaids at my wedding and I'll be friends with them for the rest of my life and I think that yeah she just had this really powerful ability to understand the influence that she would have over us beyond trainings and and match play on the weekends that's incredible insight isn't it is that the impact that a coach can make on you making a choice to stay in a sport because again you think about all your interactions with people at those times and you're exposed to so much at that time this clearly is is an interaction that was valuable and worthwhile and it shaped your future. Uh, and I think that to understand that when children are going through adolescence, they're at this tipping point of transitioning away from the influence that their parents have. And so it's so vital for them to have these 
adult figures in their life that play a role in being a mentor. And for so many children, that mentor is found within their sporting community or their sporting environment. And they do have, you can ask, I don't even know, every elite athlete, every high performance athlete would be able to pinpoint and tell you about a coach that was engaged with them from either a grassroots or a junior development level that had an influential role on of, of how they see themselves and how they see their game. And you don't even have to talk to people that are engaged in high level professional sport. It's just anybody that continues to play sport into late into their lives. Ask them about, you know, tell me one coach who you love that that had a real impact on you and they can just reel it off like that. The memory will just come back to them. And I think for that shows the importance that if you can ask Joe Bloggs down at the, you know, local footy park on a Saturday afternoon, you know, did you have a coach that really made a difference to you? Yep. And he'll tell you straight away, that's what it's about. It's not about creating diamonds and, you know, wallabies and Olympians, which, I mean, yes, that's incredible if you have the opportunity to play a role in the progression of someone's career to the highest of high in terms of sporting accolades. But it's, it's being able to influence somebody who will just remain engaged in sport and play it because they love it and be active and healthy and then be able to model that for their children and other people within their community. That's the impact that you want to have in terms of your contribution to society. I like the approach because there's so many more aspects than the technical tactical and and that tends to be through no fault of, I guess, anyone's is that that's what you get drawn to because you think they're the things I have to coach. Yeah, 100%. Like when you get involved with sport, isn't that what you think you're doing? You're coaching you're coaching sport. But um, I mean, you know and I know there's so much more to it than that. That's what I'm really interested in is the fact, you know, and you're right, there is so much more and it's about how do you get that hook? What's the intrinsic motivation for the people in front of you to be involved? And I'm really interested in in how did you link in with the Sport Australia Physical Literacy Framework. How did you first become involved in that? And what did that mean to the way that you put things together? So I created the resource um, for Suncorp and they have a relationship with Sport Australia and they floated the idea with me that they wanted a resource for parent and volunteer coaches. Um, and so they sent me the Sport Australia um, the uh, physical literacy framework and I must admit when I first looked at it I was really overwhelmed because it is uh, like I read through the official document and it is big and it is meaty but when I actually sat down and kind of pieced it out and went through a lot of the different resources the guide that was available for um, clubs and coaches and there's a guide for parents they're the very easily digestible examples of it and I think what I did when I was reading through it was I automatically thought of Gila, who was my high school coach, because the, the the four domains that sit within that physical literacy framework. So we've got the physical domain, which is all about how our bodies move and, and the way that we do things. And then there's the, the psychological domain, which is more about how we feel when we're exercising. And I suppose, you know, there's stuff to do with feedback and um, self um, mindset things and self-reflective tasks and all of that and how we incorporate that into our physical movement. There's a cognitive side, which is where we come into the tactics and, and 
um, game plan and being able to change and think online to evolve how we play and how we move as well as goal setting and the role that that plays. And then um, there's the social side, which is that, you know, beautiful thing that sport gives us, which is connection with people around us and how we're able to engage with others. And when I was reading through it, I thought of Gila and how she was able to create that all of those things for us within that, you know, that framework for us as 13-year-olds through to the age of 17. And by doing those things, what she did was instill in us this lifelong desire and drive to be active, be healthy, be motivated, be self-driven, proactive, and all of these skills that you saw on the court transferred into, you know, the classroom, the boardroom, a way to life beyond netball. And I, well, when I was doing it, I thought really parent and volunteer coaches who are turning up want skills and drills as a as a platform like if you give them a resource that's what they want they want you to tell them exactly what they need to do because they get stuck but I think it's really important that they understand that sport is so much more than movement and it's so much more than skills and drills and so to be able to provide them with an insight into what's important to include a framework around this these are some good things to put into your session but these other things are really important and that you need to um, consider including you don't have to pick all of them you might just pick one thing that you're going to you're going to include in with your team for a period of a year or a season or three or four weeks and then you shift your attention and go to something else but by including these things you'll actually get more enjoyment from your players that if you just go down to the courts on a Tuesday night and play, do pepper pop with them and then practice shooting for half an hour and then head to the game on the weekend, they're still going to love it, but they'll love it even more and they'll have lasting memories if you take this different approach. And I think the other thing that it speaks to, like what you were saying before, Cam, is you're going to have kids that are awesome at playing and that just get so much self-satisfaction and love out of getting on court and running around or, you know, going onto the track or the field or wherever they are and just playing. And they just love that because they're talented and they just love sport. There are going to be other children that have come to, you know, Saturday sport because their parents have asked them to do it or because they're being, you know, this is the thing that they're, they're trialing and they're giving it a go and they might not get it straight away or they might feel out of place or their strengths might lie in different areas. And so if you change the way you run your sessions to include all of these different things, you're going to be targeting those kids that might get missed if all you're focusing on is the physical stuff. And so I think that I wanted that to be a thing that parents could take from the resources, having an understanding that we're catering for everyone here and we're catering for the strengths of all coaches as well. So you bring your own flavour um, and your own influence as to how you want to do it. But that's sort of the, yeah, I suppose that's sort of the approach and the hope that I had had when the resource was created. It also comes down to that assessment piece of, of what can they do, what can't they do, what do they need to do, and then how am I going to create the session to engage with all of them? Because it's daunting as a coach when you turn up and you realise that, hold on, I've got people of different skills here, different levels, different enjoyment. How do I create these environments? And I think what you've done is you've given people maybe not uh, always the answer, but the, the right questions to ask to how can I provide that environment? And I think that's really powerful for coaches. Uh, it is because you should, I think when you're a coach, you, you've you got to be creative 
And there's no right answer. There's no wrong way of doing things because everybody's way is their own way, which is another reason why you can't just give someone a pack of skills and drills necessarily all the time because that's not going to suit your your group that you're working with and it might not suit you. And so being able to have those tools to be able to start asking questions or thinking about things, I think is the best way to go around it. And what you, like we're saying before, Cam, in terms of like, what do they, what do the kids, what are their skills at the moment and what do they need to be able to do? Like what, what are the what are the things that they're missing or what are the things that they can improve on? Because not every child needs to be able to, I don't know, in netball, they don't need to be able to shoot from the edge of the ring or they don't need to be able to do all of the skills right from the get-go. You, you want to cover off on basic foundation skills and some children may be more advanced than others, but you're never going to know that if you don't give them the ability to try. So if I was to set you out a whole heap of drills that just had basic dodging and passing in it, you may be missing this amazing opportunity. Your your kids may be amazing at doing that and, and then you're putting this limitation on their ability of where they can go to and not just capping like the physical ability in terms of what they're able to do from, um, you know, a skill basis, but also you're stopping the development of their, the cognitive development of their tactical thinking and integrating them into the planning of the session and being able to watch that side of things grow as well. So, I think that's so important as a grassroots coach as well is that use the power that you have of engaging with your players to help you plan and help you think about how you're going to change and alter things and introduce new rules and concepts and let them be the ones that guide you. You obviously as well, you know, you're the overarching emphasis, I think, particularly at that grassroots level. But yeah, use all those little amazing brains and their little skill sets to help guide where you're going to take them to. And that comes down to understanding what your session is. So when you're planning your sessions, what do you want to get out of it? And sometimes the messiest session that you do, you get surprised with where they're actually at because you're asking questions that you're you're not limiting the answer. You're, You're allowing them to explore. And you tend to find that Sometimes they're more developed than we give them credit for and and they shock us. And we realise too how that can become boring for participants because they're not being extended. So I really like that. Yeah, and I think as well, it's your perception of what's fun and their perception of what's fun are two totally different things. And you may plan a session and you're like, oh, my God, that was awful when you get there and you think, what a doozy, nothing went to plan then. But you might actually ask your players and they'll say, oh, that was so much fun. I loved this bit. I loved this bit. That bit I didn't love so much, but I still understood why we did it all. You know, not every session has to be like by your standards what, what is perfect or what is perfection because we know in sport as well that games on the weekend aren't perfect. Sometimes they're an absolute rabble. They're just a mess and nothing goes to plan. And so being able to simulate those things within a training environment is perfect. And, yeah, at the end of the day, if you, as long as you're building a relationship with your players and engaging them in the process, then you can't you can't really go wrong with where you, at least where your intention is in terms of your planning and what you're trying to achieve. And that feedback is crucial because it helps you with your future of, well, what is it that they actually love doing? I like what you said before too, Claire. They they tell you what fun is rather than you imposing fun. Because, yeah, I mean, I'm not saying that adults don't know what fun is, but kids sure do. Like we know they know what fun is. And so let them tell you and guide you on on what they want to do and, and how and how they run it. And, yeah, it's the best way. And seeing smiles on faces 
like who wouldn't want to be involved in that every single week? Smiles and laughs and that's where their memories are formed in that environment. So, yeah, it's the best thing for you. One last question for you and it's one that I tend to use because I don't know the answer. If out of the back of what you're passionate about, what you're doing, so the physical literacy work that you've given to parents to then help them, what would be utopia? What's the end impact that you'd like to see off the back of this if you could make that one change, what would that be? An overarching utopian goal is that we have more children participating in sport for longer, so lifelong participation in, in sport across their lives, and we don't see the dropout rates that we do now. And we also see parents modelling healthy, sporting, active behaviours for their children as well. So, I mean, that's the overarching goal. But I think my goal would be to turn up at a netball association on a Tuesday night and not seeing coaches roll out the same session week after week and not seeing children standing still and waiting for their turn to be engaged in, you know, long lines of waiting and standing to be still. I would love to be able to walk into Netball Association on a, on a training night and think, oh my goodness, like this is, this is incredible though. That team's doing something so fantastic. Those children are, it's a session that's catered for their team that's just for them. And then I'll look somewhere else and see another team doing something completely different, all encompassed in the same skills in terms of what they're trying to execute, but incorporation of different elements of physical literacy in there that make the session the the team's own and the coach's own. In a utopian world, I think that's what I would love and I would love children who are participating to feel immense value and satisfaction of being in that group environment. Cleo, I really appreciate your time today. Thanks so much for sharing your insight. So much to take away for other coaches. So thank you very much for your time. Thank you for joining me today. If you'd like to find out more about coaching and officiating or have any feedback or questions, please email us at workforce at sportoz.gov.au. My name is Cam Trudell and I look forward to you joining me for the next podcast in the Coaching and Officiating series.